0: everyone welcome in to the fbw kids podcast episode number six we are on now so today we are going to be talking about planning out a children's ministry service and this is something that kim you brought up because we were thinking of ideas and that was something that i never thought of before but something that you have had to go through before And I guess it's because I've never probably gone through the process of just starting from scratch Mm -hmm. planning one out. But it's very important to be planned, like for that to be planned out.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think really that's the biggest focus if you have a weekend experience is that worship element. And sometimes it can just be like a here, read this or here, plug and play. Um, But there's so much more that really can be done. And when you put a lot of thought behind it, uh, our volunteers are prepared and excited, but also it's really impactful for our kiddos. And so there's just some things that we do at FBW, what I've done in my previous places mm-hmm. to kind of just create um, just the entire worship experience that we get to be a part of.
0: So when you're planning out a service, what are the first couple of things that you like to f- Like, lay down as the foundation for what it's going to look like, what it's going to. Feel like in the Mm -hmm. room, the atmosphere, all of those things.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Uh, So I know at my last church it was a little different as well, um, but I always start, there has to be some type of order. Like I do think that is biblical. Um, We always want to be open to the Holy Spirit moving. However, there is good in order and God can still move in the planning part. And so I think that order is really important. And so And it's helpful for kids to expect things. Um, I know Mm -hmm. for our kiddos, they know that there's a five-minute countdown at the very beginning where that is their time to use the restroom, get a Bible, get a Bible ticket, all of those things that we can kind of dive into if you want so they're, they always know to expect that. They always know to expect that we're going to end with a gospel yes. and that they're going to learn that every single week. And so I think kids do thrive in structure and they thrive with that expectation element. And so you want it to be similar every single week. So it doesn't matter if... Um, like in my last church, I wrote a lot of what we did in this um, at FBW. We use the curriculum orange, still edit that and have some um, things that we get to pour into that uh, that curriculum, whatever it may be, whatever the curriculum is that or the lesson that you want to do, you really need to start with your order. What do you want to start with? How do you want to do songs? How do you want them to, when do you want them to sit? When do you want them to stand When is the big, you know, sermon part? And then how are you closing it out for them to kind of go about their week remembering what you're saying?
0: Yeah, no, those are all very important parts because just like adults, you know, kids like to know, like you said, what's going on, what's expected. I feel like a lot of times we just assume kids, oh, they'll do whatever. They'll go with whatever they'll do. No, just like we like to have routines and we like to know, hey, I'm going to wake up I'm going to go to work, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have this for lunch, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Kids are very much, maybe even more so than adults, they need that routine every single day, which is why I think coming out of COVID has been so hard for a lot of Mm -hmm. kids is because that routine was shaken up. That's such a good point. Everybody was thrown out, so I think you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. to know that they come on the weekends and they know, hey, we're doing this, we're starting off with this, that's a very good first step forward. And so I think that's an excellent, that's an excellent point there. And so moving into, so we've, so that's your kind of foundation Mm -hmm. there. So as you're trying to plan out, you know, hey, like, this is what we're going to use as our story. I know that we're using more of a curriculum, but Mm -hmm. before you had, you know, if you weren't going to use a curriculum, what would you try to do, I guess, for some of our friends who maybe don't have curriculum per se so yeah
1: so we've talked a lot you need to know your community so a lot of times even when I would write lessons myself I would think where are my kids at what do they really need Uh, I think Orange does a really good job of being culturally relevant and like really saying hey, I know kids are going to deal with this. Let's talk about it in a godly way. And they always have kind of the life application that is in front of everyone. And so even if you don't have that specific curriculum, any type of main point uh, that you feel like your kiddos really need um, is a good place to start. I know that... um, For us, it's really cool because every month is different. At my last church, I would do six-week series, eight-week series, four-week series. I kind of would jump around based off of what I saw the need for and what I felt like the God was telling me Mm -hmm. to do. And so, But it is really fun here that we get to do something new and different. It's exciting every single month. It helps the kids always look forward to something, I think, and that is really helpful. And so I think that's definitely... um, where you need to start and what you kind of need to look at is if you're going to create something. Sometimes it's given to us, like Orange. um, We do edit that and kind of make it fit our space. So you also kind of need to know what time frame you have available to you. What does your space look like? Is your space something where kids are coming from a group or where they're about to go to a group? Are they sitting in chairs? Are they sitting in rows? Um are they sitting on the floor? Are mm-hmm. they are you wanting them to have free time before or after those things? So you kinda need to know your space as well to kind of know how to structure your actual order and when to start and stop and things yeah. like that.
0: No, absolutely. I think that's an excellent point because you know, there like I came from a church with a space that was that was decently sized, like for midweek we could take mm-hmm. out actually the whole walls that made up our classrooms and push those to the sides. Yeah, cool. And so we opened up the whole room. But then like on Sunday when we had to put those walls back up for small group classes, mm-hmm. then our Sunday room for large group was not nearly as big. And so yeah. like when it came to planning games, when it came to planning like what we were gonna do, we had to take that into account. Mm-hmm. Like, oh hey, because of like our chairs and stuff in here, we can't have a game where they're running all around the room, we have to be a little bit more controlled, you know. And so that, I think that's a great point because you have to know where you are. Now, when thinking about like stories that are going into planning out like your services, I know there's a lot in the Bible that we say we probably shouldn't tell kids, you know. And I think that very much is true. There are Mm -hmm. some that like we absolutely probably should not tell. But like in your experience, like are there some, like, harder stories that you've found, like, hey, these are beneficial for kids, but we can tell it in a way that's not as, comes across as harsh or as, like, straightforward. Of, like, yeah. Yeah, this is this is what it is.
1: That is a really good question. And I think we sometimes do underestimate kids and their ability to um, understand and yes. the ability to understand the things of God. And so I think... That is part of it, um, that sometimes we do shy away from certain stories um, because they may not understand fully the context of what's going on. However, things like David and Bathsheba, for example, that's the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah, That is not something kids are going to probably battle, you know, when it comes to, yes. like, marital infidelity and killing the person's spouse and things like that that are very difficult, very hard things to explain. You can explain it in a way where it's talking about the heart of David, which was disobedient in that moment. Everyone can relate to disobedience because we all are are disobedient at times. Um, David's was very much more crazy in the fact that he wanted someone else's wife. Um, So you can always adjust those words to where it really is on a kid's level We also use the Bible translation NIRV because it's readable. And so even just looking at the translation of the Bible that you're going to use, I think will help. Um, But there are going to be some stories like that where you, if you can really get to the heart of the issue, like with David's disobedience um, and a heart full of pride really is part of that story, um, that can translate to a kid. It doesn't have to just stop with adults because adults know, you know, adults are married, not kids. Um, And so you can, if you get really down to like the truth of the matter, the the actual thing that's going on inside David's heart, or even if you look at just different stories, even Jesus changing water to wine, that can be kind of a difficult thing for kiddos to understand. But if you look at it more of teaching the context of what was going on in that you know, age where that was the safest thing to drink because water Mm -hmm. usually wasn't very safe, Um, then they can kind of begin to understand like, oh, okay, I get it. Jesus's miracle was to provide for people and to show that he truly was the son of God. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can concentrate on that. And so I think that all, I mean, and the scripture tells us that the Bible is useful for teaching, um, and all of those things and I agree with that. I think sometimes you just have to really monitor when you're gonna teach kids. Um, especially for us, we have, you know, first through fourth graders in a yeah. room and some people may have first through sixth graders. Yes. Or kinder through third or whatever the makeup is, really try and understand what they can con- like what they yes. can comprehend and start there. What was the big, you know, main point? David was disobedient. He sinned against God. Yeah. Okay. Do we have to dive into all of those details of what Bathsheba was doing and what her husband was on the front lines and all of those things? Yeah. Maybe not to a kindergartner for first yeah. grader, but you can talk for sure about what God can teach us out of those stories in a way Absolutely. that they'll understand.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree because there are definitely times where stories have come up and... I can't, I can never remember what the story is, but I remember one of my favorite ones to go home and tell about was they asked me at lunch one day, my grandma was like, what did you, what did you talk about it at, at kids today? And I was like, Oh, we talked about this. And she's like, how did you explain that to children? And I said, v- very carefully. <laughs> I yes, said, very, yes. very carefully. We did not duck, duck around a whole lot, but we, but we very carefully explain mm-hmm. what it was. Now, with that being said, though, that was a part of our curriculum. Like, that was a story mm-hmm. that was in our curriculum. And so some of our friends at home might be saying, okay, well, that's great that you can do some of those. But what if, like, one of those hard stories is in yeah. our curriculum line? You know, like, or, like, we just can't, like, and we're we're very much curriculum driven. Like, is there ways that you go about like maybe sometimes saying, oh, that's a, that's a hard story. Maybe we should change it. Oh, yeah, this.
1: for sure. I think that happens. It happens in our preschool time a lot um, in that curriculum. Even there's been times where our curriculum will just concentrate on one verse, yes. and we can do better than that. Yeah. You know, we yeah. can spending an hour on one verse is great, but why don't we tie that verse back to a story? So there are times that it does take a little bit extra work on figuring it yeah. out. And if you just have the main point solidified, you can always find other Stories or scripture to back it up to where you can still get that main point across that's in the curriculum, maybe what your games are about or the visuals and it just may be another story differently. So that happens to yeah. us a
0: lot. Oh yes, absolutely. when I see those one verse <laughs> stories, I'm like', like we can here we go we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta start spinning spinning the wheels here to figure something yeah. out. but so that's kind of like the big story
1: portion mm-hmm. of the
0: service, but we know that that's not the only part and I think we talked about games a little bit Mm -hmm. how you gotta know your space you gotta you know know I think knowing your kids for that is also important. For sure. Do you think games are something that should always be included because obviously from my perspective I love always playing games because like that could be but for some people it might be I don't know it could get people too rowdy could get them hard to hype back down you know but
1: I think it's totally fine I've done it different ways right now our we do our intro which is like the countdown we talk through the things that they need to know for the day like just some bible tickets and bathrooms and things like that and then they do their countdown and then we open with an intro that also includes the game and so it usually is a game that ties to our theme or our main point for the month or the day. And so I think that's always super fun. We choose to break that up with music. So I do think it would be hard if you chose to go straight from a game into teaching. Yeah. So I would probably steer clear of that. Um, I would definitely more so do, you know, intro a game and then break it up somehow with music. Um, some type of worship element of that sort. And then that kind of helps them to kind of have yeah. an end to where now it's their listening time.
0: Yes. No, I, yeah, I agree because I think it's important that kids don't just sit.
1: Oh, they cannot for, sit the whole time. for a long no. time.
0: Because, and that's one thing that I think, you know, as we've talked about previously, like that's been the biggest difference between growing up in church and what kind of has evolved in children's mm-hmm. ministry now is you used to just have to sit in the pew all day mm-hmm. long. And, like, I think we remember how, like, hard that was at times when you right. just want to get up right. and you want to move. So you've got to involve those elements. Mm-hmm. That's a very important. or Because you're going to have some kids, and this is a camp lesson, but, like, you have some kids who might sit there and somewhat listen to the story. But if you have a game that can help to tie them back to the story or, like, mm-hmm. the big theme for the day – they're probably gonna remember that part of it more right. than they are they're gonna remember the actual like story part. And I know that's hard to hear yeah. for some people, but that's just the truth that you have to it realize is. sometimes. It
1: is. It's okay. Like I think that's the thing. We need we need them to have fun because we want them to come back. Yes. And for a lot of kids that is like the be-all, end-all. I'm going to come back because I may get to go on stage for a game. Yeah. We also end with games as dismissal is happening, and I think that's totally fun so that they can go off on a good note. And so I think we can – I think it's okay for us to get to a point where we know it is really okay to have fun. That's yeah. That should be one of the goals of kids um, on the weekend is to have fun. Um, but I do think it's really mindful when people are looking at – how to structure a kids worship service? Um, just because your curriculum gives it to you a certain way, does not mean that's how you have to yes. implement it. And so, our curriculum gives it gives intro game, all of worship, Bible story, close. Um, we switch that around. We do intro game, music. Bible story, music, clothes, and game. So we kind of add in those elements. We really don't want kids to sit more than 20 minutes at a yes. time. And so if that can be a good goal for anyone, I think that's where to start. You don't want kids sitting for longer than 20. 25 minutes is really pushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how that operates, usually that's like the biggest bulk of your teaching part. Um, but always throwing in those songs. We usually do a lot of upbeat songs At the beginning and then after the lesson, it's a slower song or just whatever I feel like works best with the lesson. Um, I think that is something to use. Use to your advantage. Use that and be strategic with that to where Mm -hmm. you know, like kids are not just going to sit the whole time. They have opportunities to stand, move around, um, talk with their friends kind of times. Yes,
0: and that's kind of like we've talked about before. Our biggest transition time is between our small group and then Mm -hmm. our large group time. And that's kind of the time where they really talk and get a lot of that excess, Mm -hmm. oh, we've just been bottled up in a room for an hour, energy out. And that helps a little bit. You know, sometimes kids are kids. They're just, they keep going because they have all the energy, Mm -hmm. okay? We forget sometimes about how it feels to have all the energy. But I think that's a good point. It's like, you got to have those times where they can still pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, because they've got all of it bottled up. And you kind of started, I was going to lead into music next, because I think music is one of the biggest elements Mm -hmm. of planning the service. I think it is for adults, and I think it equally is for kids as well. And for a lot of people, I think it's a lot of people think kids' worship music is just toned down, you know, Jesus loves me. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yes. Oh, the oldie but goodies. All, all good, good songs. Yeah. You know, like we love them. Right. I'm not saying anything bad about them. Right. But like there's Let's there's something right but like like you were saying with scripture, we sometimes forget how much kids can comprehend and understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's equally true with music. We mm-hmm. don't understand how much they can connect with worship songs that yeah they hear on the radio or hey, we heard this in adult worship or something to that extent. So when going around picking music like that, how much do you weigh in those factors, you know? Yeah,
1: for sure. I definitely think you have to be mindful of picking music. At my last church, my leadership team would do that, my preteens. So if you can always employ like preteens that are leaders, I think there's time for that, if that's something that your church is a part of. For us, um, that's something that I do here. And so I always look at what the main themes are, like this month is all about individuality, and how God made us in our own image. And so a lot of our songs speak to that. And so they're not just thrown in. um, Although sometimes it may feel like that. There's always like, the song from last week, our main the point was that God made us in our own image and the song specifically said that, that yes. I'm created in your image. And so I think that that is just helpful for kids to have an overall, like a well rounded experience. They may never know, like they may never put two and two together Yeah. that those things matter, but they do matter. And so just that well-rounded experience, we also do, rarely do Music that is not easily found on the radio or on Spotify or something, something that is very brand new, um, like, um, that's kind of what we go for. And so Hillsong Kids is one of our favorites. We do a lot um, from different camps that we've been a part of, um, all sorts of things like that. I do think it's helpful that those – those worship, um, we use worship videos and somebody leads motions. I think that's more on par for first through fourth grade. If you get into preteen ministry, I'd probably shift yeah a little bit more away from motions and that type of thing. But that's what we do for us, and I think it is. I think it works well. I do think um, that you really do need to be mindful of whatever the songs that you're showing. Um that you're playing, go with the theme for the day, um, point people to Jesus. I mean, one of our favorites right now is um, Waymaker. Yes, the kids shout it out and scream it. Um, and I think that is really cool. So also listening to your kiddos, if you try out a song and nobody wants to stand up and nobody's jumping, and nobody's doing the motions, okay, maybe not do that one for a while. But if you do try out a song and all of a sudden the whole room is singing because they've probably heard it on the radio or something like that, that's a keeper, and you can keep that going because you want kids to get excited about praising God with their voices and about singing songs and doing the motions and standing up with their friends and and doing that worship section. Yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. And I think you brought up a good point about like trying to find the ones that definitely work. But also mm-hmm. I think that leads into another good point, which is like, you know, talking about, hey, you know, I've planned all these things. I've tried all these things. It's just not working. Well, that's okay. That's like okay. that's going to happen. There's yeah. going to be things that just don't work out, whether that's a new song or a new game or a certain type of game or whatever. There have been lots of times where I've come back and go, okay, yeah, that wasn't very good. Like that was not a good idea to try to do that with first and second graders. Third and fourth grade did excellent at it, but first and second graders, maybe not so much. Maybe need to try to redo something. It's totally fine to
1: have a trial and error. I think that's what is the best about creating a worship experience that I would just encourage anybody that's doing that, even if it's just like a weekend or a retreat or something, it is okay to try something and it not work out.
0: Yes. And you
1: just do something different the next time. That's kind of what, why we came to the five-minute countdown intro game, two songs lesson one song like we that was not how one our curriculum's not written that way two that's not how it was even two years ago so it's kind it's okay to change things yeah. and to find what is a really good fit and for right now that is our really good fit um what we're doing so
0: absolutely well I can't think of anything else that I want to talk about yeah with this. I think that's do you have great. anything else you want to add before we close out I
1: just think um for anybody that is really structuring your large group time, I think it's important to just, I always say kind of hit on the, the the older kids level. I've always said that anytime you have fourth grade and up, they're the ones that need the most engaging because they're the yeah. most disengaged immediately, like walking in. Yes. They oh, notice the littles. Mm-hmm. And so even if you feel like, okay, well, that first grader, they're just, you know, wiggling in their chair, they're not paying attention. That's okay. If you can capture the mind of that third and fourth grader and really capture their heart, that is where you're going to win. Yeah. And we always do the gospel, we use gospel, God's plan for me from lifeway. We always throw in the gospel at the end. I think that's something else too that I feel like sometimes we miss is presenting the gospel every single week in kids church. Yeah. Know that there are kids that may have heard it a million times and it's the million and one time that it really does stick. And we do motions with it so that they can share it with their friends. So I definitely think even if you get a curriculum or you're writing it on your own, make sure the gospel element is there. It's something that they can learn, hold on to repeat the same way every single week. Um, And that's kind of how we always end our time. So that's kind of the last thing that's on their mind before we head into like announcements and game time. So I definitely think that's important, the gospel element, and then always structuring towards the older end of the kiddos yeah. in the room.
0: Well, that's a good point. I've never really thought of it yeah. that way before, but that's that's a really excellent point. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, if you would like, share, wherever you listen to your podcast. We would love to get the word out about new episodes and spread all over and find new friends to talk to. But until next time, I forgot to introduce us at the beginning. I'm Lane. This was Kim. Hey, I'm Kim. So we (laughs) hope you guys enjoyed and we'll talk to you again real soon. (laughs)